Welcome in, everybody, to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. Before we get started today, I'd love to remind you, if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you can find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at LonghornPod on Twitter. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week, and I'm joined by a man who shocked to find out Varsity Blues is a federal crime, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I do not want your life. Actually, Jared, I would love your life. you got a wonderful son. I mean, come on. What's not to want? I, I retract immediately. That was just a bad Jonathan Moxon uh, impression. I mean, this this podcast opening, much like um, certain teachers, is a 10. It's a freaking 10. I really thought you were going to go with, I don't want six months in the pan. That's right. I thought you were going to go with that one. Um, you know, here's the thing, Gerald. Uh, that uh, that scandal is forever more associated with Full House for me um, and Aunt Becky um, than it is with with uh, Varsity Blues. Even though that's the more accurate representation, Varsity Blues just means something different to those in Texas. I don't associate it with anything negative. Only pure joy. You know, um, just absolute positives. So, former Texas. Tennis coach Michael Center got sentenced to six months in the slammer for his role in Operation Varsity Blues. He allegedly accepted, not allegedly, he got convicted of it. So he, he accepted $100,000 to fabricate a tennis scholarship for someone. His removal propelled Texas to a men's tennis national championship a year ago. So uh, best of luck to you. In the past. Yeah. Uh, best thing that ever happened to Bruce Burke. But uh, no, I, uh, you know, hopefully he gets a nice, a nice prison with a nice tennis court. He can, he can have a uh, redemption movie where he teaches inmates, uh, you know, the, the backhand. And uh, I'm going to call it, what are we going to call it, Joe? We're going to call it, um, uh, I'm thinking center court, but maybe like, you know, uh, lost in court, something. You know, because you lose in court to get the... I don't know. We'll workshop it. Mm. If Now, now if it's like a Lifetime movie or something like that, I think Center Court or um, Lost mm-hmm. in the Court, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. I don't, we'll get there. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. Any ideas, shoot us a tweet with the hashtag replies of Texas, and uh, we'll go. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight. The baseball team continues to roll. Softball uh, had one hiccup, but they continue to be just an incredible squad. Basketball's trying to do something in the NFL scouting combine. Started Monday at the time of recording. So we're going to start with the biggest news on campus right now, and that's the baseball team. Texas took care of business midweek against UTSA and Lamar, and then thanks to some Sunday evening heroics, swept Boise State thanks to a walk-off home run. Cam Williams, a two-run shot in the bottom of the 10th to take it home for Texas to keep them blemishless on the year 8-0 to start. Yeah, this uh, you couldn't have asked for a better start to the season. They've had some dominating performances. They've had some... Um, you know, show some heart, dig down deep performances that hopefully, you know, they, they learn to win tough ones and win ugly. 
Um, and after, you know, the end of last year, you, you literally couldn't have asked for a better start. Uh, undefeated is pretty good. But no, Cam Williams, the man looks uh, looks like a, like a, about a 26-year-old out there. Looks like a full-grown man uh, and took it out on that, that ball with that two-run homer to... Uh, to walk it off and then got the obligatory pie to the face, which was wonderful. Welcome to uh, the 40 Acres officially young man. But you shouldn't overlook in that Sunday game, Coy Cobb. Um, you know, just he's he's the third pitcher in the roster, um, but looked like a uh, looks like a good guy. Looks like they have three pitchers. It's going to be interesting who cracks in because we'll talk in a moment. Uh, pitchers one and two um, are probably markered in not even in ink just uh, carved uh in at this point as uh as both elder and madden look look fantastic but uh Cobb should have got the win unfortunately diaz blew the save that sent it into two extras but um quality starts those are those are good to have the last time the last three times actually texas started the season eight no they made a trip to uh, to Omaha for the College World Series, so uh, that could be big for them. But you mentioned the the two starters, Elder pitched an incredible, both of them, Elder and Madden. Madden pitched complete game shutout on Saturday. Bryce Elder went seven with the shutout, gave up three hits, and this was eleven strikeouts in uh, in his work in seven innings. That's a that's a pretty good clip. And then Ty Madden just two hits and one earned run, seven strikeouts, no walks in his work. On Saturday, so like the the Friday Saturday pitching is uh, is going real real well. I think you mentioned it, but Elder looks just as good as advertised, and Madden looks just as good, if not better, than I think advertised. Uh, as uh, Coy Cobb got touched again, and I don't know what they do in that spot. I think there's um, there's something to be desired. Now, granted, Sundays always if you if you get Monday Tuesday if you get sorry if you get Friday Saturday. You gotta win, but let's let's keep the sweep. Let's keep the sweeps going. I mean, there was probably a time in Texas baseball when you had three, you know, day one starters. Um, I'll take Coy Cobb with his upside as well. But uh, you're right. There's there's some arms on that roster that could be nipping at his heels. Um, but you know, I, I do think that I'll just say this, folks: make sure you enjoy. Bryce Elder's season this year um, because it, that there won't be another one. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Uh, he, he's he's going to be drafted and probably you know pretty early and probably make more money than 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 our average you know combined listenership salary combined. Um, dude's going to get. No, I don't mean that. We got we have some very uh, successful folks. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you weren't. But uh, nonetheless, uh, just he's going to make himself uh, a nice little payday. Uh, if the Subscrilla, that, as the kids would say, they do say that as the if the first two games are an indication, he's he's there. And Ty Madden, yeah, I think you get a get a, a number one year from Madden next year where he just he keeps making the steps up. You're right, better than I expected. I mean, I knew we had a day one starter. I didn't necessarily knew we had a locked in day two starter. And uh, you know, first career complete game, uh, career highs, strikeouts. Guy, I got nothing, nothing but uh, praise for for both of those guys in games that we needed it, right? And especially in the Friday game, it was a two-one game. I mean, you you needed Elder uh, throwing a gem out there to to give the offense time to get just enough to win. So, I mean, I I, I think uh, winning ugly, winning tough ones in in walkoffs, and uh, taking care of business when they when they need to um, will hopefully bode well as they get into the really tough ones on the schedule we started with it. We have to end with it. The fact that Texas was able to uh, overcome some adversity 
on Sunday is, is really indicative of, I think, the difference between last year and this year because that's not a thing they did regularly last year. It seems like if the bats struggled or if Texas gave up a lead, then it was over. And so the fact that they're able to battle back and uh, come away with that win is big time. So Texas has a chance to extend its win streak. They take on Sam Houston State Tuesday uh, before three actually big matchups this weekend three teams that will likely see the postseason as well LSU Arkansas and Missouri in the longest name of a tournament ever the Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic will be taking place at Minute Maid Park in Houston uh the SHCCCC as as the kids uh if they listen to this podcast we'll know it from now on SH Triple C Kyle where you at yeah it's 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 not bad um I just like CCCC um or CCC CCC. Uh, it sounds like someone in, in Spanish is, is very much like, yes, I get it. I know what you're saying, CCC. Um, but uh, yeah, all right, the SHCCC, Triple C, as it were. Uh, I'm going to be there for at least one of these games. I haven't decided Arkansas or Missouri, maybe both. Who knows? Uh, might get Coach Jacek out there with me. Who knows? Um, if you're at the game, tweet at us. Let me know you're there. We'll we'll meet up somewhere and uh, and uh, talk talk mess to the opposing baseball team. I'm down for that. I, I won't be there, but I will support it uh, vicariously via the internet. Softball, uh, they have unfortunately found their first blemish on the year. They went 4-1 in one in the Texas Invitational. Now they started hot and started and picked up where they left off before with back-to-back run rules over Lipscomb and North Dakota State. 12-0 and 10-0. Uh, they lost their first game to Duke, one nothing. Uh, Miranda Elish loses her winless record, seven and one. Uh, she gave up just three hits and one earned run in that game. Texas had trouble getting batters across uh, the plate. They left a bunch on base, uh, and then they rebounded with a nine four win over uh, Weber State, Weber State on Sunday. Yeah, it's a tough one. Anytime you lose one zero and the pitcher throws, a, I think a three hitter, um, but yet leaving nine on base, that's. That's the tough part right there. Uh, you know that'll be a, a bee in their bonnet, though, and to give Coach White something to um, something to admonish a uh, a f- a fifteen and one uh, team about how they they could be sixteen and zero. They had to restart their win streak, but at least they're they're back on uh, now a one game. They had a fourteen game win streak to start, back on a one game win streak now. All I can think of is Augie Garrido slams the door dot gif. That's all I can think of with that one nothing loss. I can like if I'm a pitcher and I throw a complete game three hitter and y'all jokers leave nine on base, I'm cussing somebody out. Like that's that's all there's got to be. Now, granted, Miranda Elish is a better person than I am, so she probably won't do that. The Longhorns back in action Tuesday, the day you're listening to this. They've got a doubleheader against number 11, Louisiana Lafayette. Their opportunity to uh, to rack up a couple more ranked wins and get a bunch of those under their belt before the first month of the season is out. Yeah, I mean, the the, uh, the best opponent they've, they've probably played so far, um, Tennessee, they beat by 11 runs. So let's see if they can... Uh, they could do that against number eleven and also against number one. So this is a this is a proving time for Coach White's team. Uh, we joked like, oh my gosh, they lost a game, but they are they really a fifteen and one team? Are they really the number four team? This uh, this will be a good proving ground right here. They'll get out of the month of February potentially with three top fifteen wins. That's uh, that's pretty pretty solid stuff if they can make it happen. Now our integrity is going to be called into question <laughs> here for a moment. 
because in your ears a week ago we said we would we would relegate Texas basketball uh, to the to the down the forty until they replaced the coach, and then Texas went and did a thing where they won three consecutive games in conference play, 70 to 56 over TCU, 70 to 59 over Kansas State, and then an upset win, some vengeance, 67 to 57 over number 20 West Virginia while down four players in that matchup, which is just nuts. I didn't expect this. I I don't assume you did. I don't think anyone did. I I after I mean Here's the thing. West Virginia had been on a little skid um, after starting just incredibly hot. Texas probably caught them at a good time, but they caught them at whatever, call it a good time, with with a depleted roster. I mean, I just truly, I thought it would not be quite as bad a loss as it was last time, but that it would still be a definite loss. I was trying to count up wins over Oklahoma schools, potentially, maybe, whatever, I don't know. But, uh, you know, they may have just played themselves out of uh, out of an NIT tournament chance, Gerald. They, they might be... Might be flying too close, too close to the sun. They are at a point where they could legitimately make it, make a run at the tournament. Because I mean, that's a quality win. That's that's a what they would call a uh, what are they, a Q one win over West Virginia. I yeah. think is what they would call that for Texas. Top quartile. Um, yeah, for sure. And so I think there is like there that win moves them to what seventeen on the season. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they're seventeen and eleven right now. 17-11 with three left on the uh, on the schedule and then a potential uh, at least one game in the in the Big 12 tournament. So if they can win three of those four games, they get to that magic number of 20 wins and they're likely an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, I mean, it, if they win out, like if they win their, their remaining three games and one of those is over number 22 and they basically turn around from that, that oh my gosh, they should have beat number one Baylor who crapped the bed, but they just couldn't do anything goes from the final nail and Shaka's coffin to, wow, look at the, look at this little run here. They put together. They, they almost beat number one Baylor. Um, they beat two top 25 teams in West Virginia and TCU and took care of business against the Oklahoma schools for a, uh, that would be a six game win streak, you know, um, with their one loss in the last seven, being to the number one team at the time, they've, they've fallen to number two, um, but the number one team in the country, well, you could create a whole kind of narrative about that. They could be an eight seed, which is stupid, and they shouldn't be. Um, I don't think it'll happen. I'll say that. I don't think they win all three. Even if they beat Texas Tech, I just think they they, they don't know how to not step all over their own feet. Um and uh, I, I don't think they win out all three. But, hey, I didn't think they'd win this, so so let me be wrong. But can I just point out two players who I think deserve some shine, even though we weren't going to we weren't gonna praise? Um, I'll start with Courtney Ramey because he's kept it going. In these last four games, dating back, you know, the three-game win streak in the Baylor game, he has 83 points. He's averaging 21 points and some change. Uh, a, a, or just under 21 points a, a game. Um, that's great. I mean, it seems like he has stepped up. He had a career day uh, against Kansas State alone, had uh, almost outscored them in the first half, had 21 points in the first half of that one to 23. Just is, is Matt Coleman's been hobbled with an injury. Both he and Jones have stepped their game up, but I really feel like Ramey is uh, – if he can make if he can make this run go over the next three games and into the Big Twelve tournament, like uh, has has turned him turned this into something. We said 
the team might be a, a Courtney Ramey vehicle this year as they weren't big man reliant as they had been in years past. And now without Jericho Sims, we're kind of seeing the the fruition of that. It's it's It will be interesting to see if this is a blip or something sustainable. Texas now has... Three games left in the regular season. They've got a uh, they've got to travel to Lubbock to take on uh, number twenty two Texas Tech before going to Norman to take on uh, Oklahoma, and then they close the season out at home against Oklahoma State. If Texas can manage to win two of those three, they're looking at a nineteen and twelve record, right on the cusp of the NCAA tournament, which is something that literally a week ago we thought was impossible, but here we are. Here we are looking at a potential NCAA tournament berth and uh, another year of shock smart, which I, I, I think there is some scenario. Do you, let's ask that question. Actually, Gerald, do you think there's any scenario in which they, they find their way into the tournament and also find themselves making a coaching change in the offseason? Can both of those things be true? If they make it to the tournament and they lose by 40 points okay. in the first round, I think they probably show shock of the door. And if they... But anything, You think if they make it to the tournament, get a decent draw, and they lose by, by three to a, you know, a not a bad team, whatever, um, that that Shaka's coming through next those, those doors next season? Especially with that buyout, yeah, yeah, for sure. Man, this makes it tough for the 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 internet commentariat who um, it's been a foregone conclusion that Shaka, you know, is 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 gone. Um, and everyone, there's many who seem to be quite happy uh, about that, and I, I can see where they they come from, I guess. But uh, it, it'll be odd because you're obviously rooting for UT. You would love to see them eke out a tournament, like a great year where you go all the way down and then make a run at the end and get hot and do something. You want to root for that. Any fan who calls themselves a Texas fan, but then in the, in the, in the back of their mind, they're, you know, like the many people have chanted in the, the 600 person attended basketball games where he definitely could hear you fire Shaka smart. Um, it, it, it is a, it is a catch 22 in the, in the, uh, Joseph Hellerist of, of ways, but, uh, we'll know by, uh, Basically, by this time next week, we'll know where Texas is sitting. And so we will uh, maybe we'll have to relegate them back to uh, down the 40. But if they can pull out a couple of wins, they're going to stay in the main part of the show. Rules is rules. Now's the time where we give some shine to the sports and players that don't necessarily get as much shine as they should. And we down the 40. So the first one, we got to talk about the NFL scouting combine started Monday, some call this the underwear Olympics, but Texas has a couple of uh, four players uh, getting ready to uh, to compete. Two of them got measured on Monday for the skill player measurements. Uh, Colin Johnson and Devin Duvernay. Colin Johnson uh, came in a little bit shorter than he was listed in your uh, in your program. Six five and five eighths inches coming at two twenty two. They they shorted us three eighths of an inch. Kyle, where's that? 222 pounds, nine inch hands, a little small uh, if you're a quarterback, but a good thing he's not. 31 and six eighth inch arm and a 76 48 wingspan, which is just 
absolutely ridiculous. Devin Duvernay, 5'10 and 4 eighths, which they call a half inch where I come from. 200 pounds even. Uh, again, nine and a half inch hands, 30 and 5 eighths inch arms, and a 75 and 2 eighths inch wingspan. None of that means anything to anybody because we are not NFL scouts, uh, but it's interesting to see all of the conversation already happening about what this means for their draft stock. Yeah, a couple of things there, right? I cannot believe the 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 you know the the tiny Colin Johnson is is you know under six six without his shoes on. Um, he's, he must have been wearing those platforms all his time on the forty acres. Um, no, six five and some change is, is still very tall. Uh, you know, yeah, get, do give him six foot on the license. I'll take five ten and a half uh, for for a receiver. Um, you know, I was actually surprised that uh, that Devin Duvernay had had bigger hands than Colin Johnson attached to those pterodactyl wings for arms. But uh, like clearly, whatever size Dev the Duve has for hands, they are perfect for for catching footballs. That is the optimal make the football fit in their size. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think they both measured out to look like NFL wide receivers. And we'll find out more as the drills commence. We'll bring you all of that. And we'll have uh, we'll reach out to one of our friends with uh, that actually covers the draft and get them to come on and give us some insights. Uh, we're talking men's tennis. Men's tennis came away with two wins. Uh, they beat Nebraska 6-1 in UTSA 4-3 on Sunday to keep an incredible season going. They'll take on number eight Stanford on Friday in a massive matchup. Uh, speaking of Stanford women's tennis lost another one. Uh, they're still doing well, but number 12 Stanford beat them four to three over the weekend. They will take on Pepperdine over the weekend on Friday. And then finally women's golf. Uh, is sitting in fourth place at the Icon Invitational. They were in first place going into day two, but shot a five over on the day to drop four places to or drop three places, excuse me, to the number four spot. Uh, they trail Kent State, Purdue, and TCU in that tournament. Get it together, Country Club Sports. I expect you all to be number one at all times. So they've got another day of competition, so I think they have a shot to pull it out. I don't want to be uh, in that clubhouse as they uh, discuss what could have gone differently. But now's the t- part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum, brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? This week, Gerald, I am... Uh... I am more than excited, more than a little bit excited to bang the drum for a feel-good story. Um, one of my all-time favorite Longhorns, a guy I just I loved in his time on the 40 Acres. I've loved in his time since. I've loved the things he does on the football field. And I've loved the things he does off of it. But uh, Marquise Goodwin and his wife Morgan uh, welcomed in a, uh, a beautiful, beautiful baby. Um believe you're hearing this three days ago when you're hearing this on Tuesday. I think it was on uh, Saturday, the 22nd. Um, and if you have followed any of his story or, or kept up with him in the postseason, um, there was a pretty tough, tough episode. Um, Goodwin scored a touchdown and, and broke down in the end zone uh, a couple years ago. And, and at the time, I don't think it was really public and everyone knew exactly what he was going through, but uh, his his um, child had just 
passed away. I believe they had uh, they had miscarried um, in the past uh, twins uh, and another son. And so just a uh, an incredible road, an incredible struggle and, and, and journey. And just um, the fact that it is ending with joy with he posted a, just a beautiful picture of this tiny little hand holding onto his fingertip um, and just uh, just said, hold tight, baby, and never let go. Daddy got you. Hashtag Goodwin season. And then it got real misty uh, on the on the Instagram feed. But uh, I have nothing of snark or insight or merit other than to say I'm just excited to uh, to bring good news on your your podcast feed and, and cheer on uh, Longhorns. Hopefully the next great UT sprinter or receiver kid probably already runs a 40 about the same as I do at uh, less than one week old. He's going to be fast. Um, but uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful story and, and, and hook him forever. Marquise, we're, we're all excited for you. It's a subject near and dear to my heart. Um, man, like pregnancy loss and child loss is something that people deal with and don't talk about. Uh, and so it is uh, absolutely incredible to see somebody um, like Marquise get to celebrate his rainbow baby. So I'm really excited uh, to see that. Uh, really, really blessed to, to hear that. Uh, so keeping the keeping the news positive, Texas uh, on the baseball diamond honored its first black letter winner, during the game and during bat- batting practice on Sunday, which is just absolutely incredible. They had special shirts made, and Andre Robertson was there with them on site. Um, I love his headshot from uh, on Texas Sports. If you've seen it, he's got like his afro sticking out of the block T hat. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, but then it made it even cooler because, um, you know, the coach is celebrating the diversity on the team. It's one of the most diverse rosters they've ever had. Um, and then, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Cam Williams is black. And he hit a walk-off home run on Sunday to win the game. And so it's just um, it's just cool to see the celebration of diversity and the celebration that... Um, that sports brings people together. Like sports, we talk about sports being terrible sometimes because, well, we cheer for Texas Longhorn football and sometimes it is terrible. But like in and of itself and in its purest form, sports are a unifying thing. Sports bring people together. Sports are a place where it doesn't matter what color you are, what what religious background you are, what you look like. If you're there to have fun and you're there to play well and play hard, then there's a spot for you at the table. And I absolutely love that, and I think it's so cool that Texas has done such an intentional job uh, this month of honoring kind of history-making athletes at the University of Texas. Man, I, I love that, and and they had some Longhorn Network. I'm sure you can go back and find them, some of the the players the on the roster talking about what it meant. And there's just some really cool interviews, and and Longhorn Network does some great stuff, but really great package talking about um, just the diversity in the, in the team today and in the the journey to get there, and just some really cool stuff. But man, you're you're right. What a what a wonderful week for a uh, weekend, I guess, for Longhorn sports and for um, putting putting exclamation points on, uh, on happy stories. I love that. So, uh, man, hope everyone's feeling good. Cause we finally, uh, usually we have some snark or some negativity or some, uh, some downtroddenness and we're, we're, uh, we're, we're on that up and up y'all. Everyone, uh, take that as a sign. Make this a killer week. A lot of positive news on today's podcast. And so we're going to end it on that high note. That's all we've got for you. Kyle. Where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. 
You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. You can catch me later this week on my other podcast, Two Woke Nerds. We're going to break down the Westworld Season 3 trailer surprise appearance by, spoiler alert, Marshawn Lynch in that trailer. So there's a lot to talk about there. We're very excited about it. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook em. Hook em. If it ain't burnt, it ain't turned.